Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this morning. Just kind of there right now. Um, Weather's just kind of hanging out. A couple announcements. Um, One, uh, as uh, many of you probably know, uh, one of our former members, uh, Anita Parks, passed away. Um, There is information on her uh, her obituary and some other information on some sheets that are on the uh, like lectern out there where the sign in for the guests are. So if you would like to read up on that, you can grab a copy. Also. Sue asked me to remind everyone um, the celebration of life um, for Sandy Dapridge is this coming Saturday, August 20th from 1 to 5 at the Fieldstone Church in Milan. Um, If you need the address or anything, uh, let me know and I can get that to you um, if you would like to attend that. I feel like there should be other stuff. Do you have anything? Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. Now, question of the day. We all know what Methodists like, right? And what do we excel at? Food. Food. Okay. So, next Sunday, rain or shine, we're going to, in the pavilion, have a gathering. We're going to do a campfire, barbecue, hot dogs, have s'mores, Um we're going to start at 5, just join for fellowship. If you can bring a dish to pass, that'd be great. And um, everything else will be provided. Well, well, we'll have water, but if you want something else to drink, feel free to bring it. And we're just going to, we've got paper plates, all kinds of stuff. So just come, relax, enjoy, and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, Sunday school, there's a sign-up sheet on the board next to the office uh, for any teacher, anybody who wants to be a teacher. There's also a registration form, which I think Sarah's put on the computer, and there's a few extra, too, so we have an idea of how many children might be coming. And that starts September 11th. And then this Wednesday, we are going to meet here at the church at 930 and load our cars so that we can take the food down to Bishop and set up the food pantry for this week. I mean, we'll set it up for this coming school year on Wednesday. I think that's Do we know when we're going to start collecting the school supplies for that? Anytime you want to bring them in, we'll, we've got some school supplies, and you, we can always add to it. They're always in need of glue sticks and pencils and all kinds of Tammy knows all kinds of basic stuff for the classroom. Clean, uh, the Kleenex, disinfectant wipes, and uh, hand sanitizer. Awesome. Okay. At the moment, I know that the restaurant depot has cases of sanitizing wipes for like $12 a case. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. So if you need... Good. I can, uh, I can talk to Sarah and see if we can put a list together and throw it up somewhere people can find it. Yep. Okay. Any other announcements? Yes, sir. Yes, and I will have an agenda out to you for review, hopefully today. 
Um, and uh, if you haven't joined the Bible study on Monday mornings, please feel free to uh, join us. We are meeting at 10? 10, yeah. Um, and uh, everybody survived last week while I was gone, so, um, and I thank you, Dave, for, for filling in and leading that. Um, anything else for the good of the cause? Going once, twice, sold. Awesome. I'm going to turn things over to uh, our praise band, and we're going to sing some stuff. Oh, and don't forget to please sign in um, on your uh, sign-in pads in the pews. Okay, we're going to begin our worship with some praise songs, and if you can stand with us, that's great. Otherwise, uh, take one of the red folders near you in the pew, and we're going to start with number 14, I Will Call Upon the Lord. This will be twice through, and it will be kind of a call answer. You can sing either part. Number 14, I Will Call Upon the Lord, and then you may be seated for our second song that will follow.
Again, my name is Fonda. I'll be the liturgist today, and I invite all of you to join with me in reciting the opening prayer. It's printed in your bulletin. Almighty God, ruler of all things seen and unseen, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, you show your power and mercy. You cast out evil, tear down walls of division, comfort and challenge your people, and show signs of your kingdom coming into the world. Grant that we may lift up the discouraged, strengthen the doubting, and join with all who seek to thank you for your goodness. Glory be to you, O God who with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Son together is worshiped and praised, one God forever. Amen. God gives us more than enough for our journey of faith. Let us present our tithes and offerings so that others may know their blessings and give thanks to God.
If you would rise as you are able and join me in singing our doxology on num uh, page number 95 in our hymnal. Triune God, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, you bring hope to the despairing, healing to the sick, and release from bondage to all who are oppressed by sin and evil. Through baptism into Christ, you cover us with your love. We thank you that in that flood, you wash away all that separates us from you and one another. We thank you that in this new life, we are set free to proclaim good news to others. Direct our gifts to fulfill your purpose as we await the time when all creation is one in your love by the grace of Jesus Christ and the community of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated, and I invite you to join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know when the... Uh, bulletin, it says to rise for our next hymn, but I'm going to invite you to, to remain seated uh, and join me in singing hymn number 139, Praise to the Lord the Almighty.
Now is the time that we lift before God and God's people the many things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds, as well as those that give us cause for great joy and celebration. Do we have any joys and concerns we would like to lift up this morning? Just a couple joys, one concern. Uh, today, Dan and I celebrate our 51st wedding anniversary. Yay! Yeah, I have him trained. I'm not <laughs> trading him in. And uh, Jean and Lynn are doing well. They are hoping to be able to come back home uh, next weekend. Lynn is just zipping up and down the hallway with his walker, <laughs> and Jean is getting stronger. And then I would ask for prayers for a... Uh, positive result of a biopsy that Dan had done yesterday, a pesky little tumor that we're having checked out. Thank you. Do we have any others? Okay. If you would turn to page 393 in your hymnal, uh, we are going to use uh, Spirit, of the Spirit of the Living God as our call to prayer this morning. God of earth and sky, in your presence mountains quake, flames tremble, and the winds roar, hallelujah. We come, or we pray, for the coming of your kingdom. Let the earth be made whole and new. Let the sky be made clean and refreshed. May all who dwell in heaven and throughout the world be joined in giving you praise. We pray for the nations and people of this world. Let us receive your reign with gladness. Grant world leaders wisdom and humility that they may guide your flocks in the ways that make for peace. Give us ears to attend to the voices of poets and prophets through whom your spirit speaks. We pray for the most vulnerable for creatures threatened with extinction, for those of the human family who are poor, homeless, or refugees, victims of political or domestic violence, those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit. Grant us compassionate hearts, inspired minds, and wills resolved to care for our neighbors with the love of Jesus Christ. When you bring your promised kingdom, all your creatures will shout glory, all your people will sigh love, and all creation will sing together, hallelujah, amen. 
If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Holy, holy, holy one, your words feed us, the word frees us, and the spirit gives us life. Grant our ears an appetite for hearing and our spirit's strength for loving you. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Isaiah. Uh, If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it's found on page 742 to 743. I will be reading from a different Bible, so the words might be just a little bit different. It's called Judgment and Salvation. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, Here am I. Here am I. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, a people who continually provoke me to my very face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on altars of brick who sit among the graves and spread their ni- spend their nights keeping secret vigil, who eat the flesh of pigs and whose pots hold broth of impure meat, who say, keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Such people are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that keeps burning all day. See, it stands written before me. I will not keep silent, but will pay back in full. I will pay back into their laps both your sins and the sins of your ancestors, says the Lord because they burned sacrifices on the mountains and defined me on the hills. I will measure into their laps the full payment for their former deeds. This is what the Lord says. As when juice is still found in a cluster of grapes and people say, don't destroy it, there is still a blessing in it. So will I do in behalf of my servants. I will not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, those who will possess my mountains. My chosen people will inherit them, and there will my servants live. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. If you would rise as you are able for our next hymn, number 557, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. seated. Our second scripture reading for this morning can be found on page 351, hopefully, in the Pew Bibles. Uh, we are in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. The heading um, of this passage of text says, Elijah flees to Horeb. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah, uh, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. 
he ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, your love never fails. Throughout the course of human history and time, time and time again, we have turned away from you, but you never abandon us. Help us to show that love to others. Help us to see the needs of others and address them to the best that we are able. Help us to truly hear each other when we share our struggles and the things that weigh us down. Let us also rejoice with one another for the things that lift us up and bring us joy. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, hello again in God's blessings to all of you this morning. We are now beginning the second full week of August and inching ever closer to the start of the school year and the end of the normal vacation season or window for most people. And I hope that you've been able to take some time, even if it's just for a day or so, to maybe get some rest and have a mental health break. More now than ever, this world feels so full of stress and anxiety. It's no wonder that mental health crisis numbers continue to rise. In wanting to speak to this reality, we find ourselves in, we're going to continue in our current sermon series called Biblical Breakdowns. Throughout the series, we're going to be examining the stories of people from Scripture who faced a crisis or a situation that caused them to have something of a breakdown. Just like last week when we looked at Moses and his frustrations reaching their limit while dealing with the people of Israel, we will explore what happens in these stories and try to put ourselves in the shoes of the primary characters. Then we'll look for where God is active in the story and how each person gets through their situation. In the case of Moses, God was quite active and arranged for him to have some help in dealing with and leading the people. Today we're going to move on from Moses and meet up with the prophet Elijah. We heard Elijah's story just a few moments ago when I read from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Let's do a quick recap of what happened here. We enter the story reading that Ahab told Jezebel 
everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. But who are Ahab and Jezebel? You may have heard the name Jezebel when someone was called a Jezebel, meaning that person, almost always a woman, is wicked or shameless or evil and scheming or immoral. But Jezebel was the wife of Ahab. So who's Ahab exactly and why should we care? Well, Ahab was the seventh king of Israel, and the Bible portrays him as, as wicked as well, mostly because he condoned Jezebel's influence on religious policies. But how interesting that we don't have in our lexicon the term Ahab, as in, you know that guy over there is a real Ahab? And yet we have Jezebel used, again, primarily against women. I'm not sure if that means Jezebel was that much worse than Ahab, or Ahab was not wicked enough, maybe. More likely this plays into the patriarchal structure of our world, but that's another topic for another day. So we have Ahab tattling to his wicked wife about how Elijah had killed all of the prophets of Baal. Now Jezebel, being a Jezebel, sends a messenger to Elijah to tell him, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Man, what a Jezebel, am I right? All right, I'll cut that out now, I'm sorry. Now, upon hearing this decree, Elijah runs for his life. And I can't say I completely blame him. He had just wiped out the opposing prophets who were against him and his God. The same prophets who were loyal to this queen of Israel. This wasn't just some neighborhood dispute between neighbors that was going to be settled in some small claims court. This was a deadly and very serious situation for Elijah. And Elijah panics. Again, I can't blame him. And he runs away into the wilderness. And he comes to this bush, and he sits down under it, and he prays to God that he might die. Now, we talked a little bit about this last week, how in our world we considered, again, sound mental health to want to end your life, at least most of the time. But Elijah prays to God, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. That's really rough. That first sentence really hits hard and, and hits home. I have had enough, Lord. By a show of hands, who has felt that way at least in the last two to three years? What about at any time in your life? Yeah. Even though we may not have been facing the same situation as Elijah, not, no one has shared with me a story of when they had a run from the Queen of Israel, um, I think we can still relate at some level to this feeling of exhaustion, and, and probably being just overwhelmed. 
And then Elijah falls asleep under this bush. And a little while later, an angel comes and, and touches him, tells him to get up and eat something. So Elijah looks around, and right by his head has appeared some bread that is baked over some hot coals and a jar of water. Elijah eats and drinks, and he lays back down again. Now, it doesn't say that he fell asleep, but given what he had said, and then given also the text that follows here, mirrors the text the first time the angel comes, where it says an angel touched him, I think we can probably safely assume he had fallen asleep, where it reads, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him, and tells him to get up and eat. But this time, the angel adds the words, for the journey is too much for you. I want to take a minute and point out what's going on here. God sees that Elijah is just done. He's exhausted. He's not even thinking very clearly. And God basically tells him to take a nap, then have a snack, then take another nap, and then have another snack. Now, I can't speak for everybody here, but this really sounds like the perfect kind of thing for this situation. And I say especially that for people who suffer from, from depression, sometimes a nap and a snack is what you really need to help lift you out of a dark place in your mind. Honestly, I can't think of many people who wouldn't feel much better after a nap and a snack. I can tell you it works for toddlers, college students, and really almost everyone else, if we're being honest about it. And it does work. <clears throat> the text says, so he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This is awesome. And did you catch how long he traveled for? 40 days and 40 nights. Now, where else do we see that exact time frame come up in Scripture? It feels so familiar. It rains for 40 days and 40 nights when Noah is on the ark. Jesus is tempted in the desert and stays out there for 40 days and 40 nights. There are definitely some parallels in these stories. All three were taking a journey of sorts. All three were tested. And when Elijah gets to Horeb, he goes into a cave and he spends the night there. Takes another nap. And while he is there, it says that the word of the Lord comes to him and asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, I have to believe that this is God really asking a rhetorical question because God knows all of what's been going on. But maybe God was testing him. So Elijah says back to God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. 
I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Elijah is still pretty concerned with his well-being at this point, which I can't say I completely blame him. The whole Queen of Israel wants to kill him thing is still a big deal and a serious problem. At the same time, he has been speaking to God, and God has been telling him what to do and keeping up God's ends of things. But Elijah is human, so I think we should cut him a little bit of slack here. If we keep reading past verse 10, we would find that everything does work out okay for Elijah, especially as it relates to Jezebel and Ahab. But I want to focus more right now on Elijah's response to his initial situation and his fears. Elijah is a prophet of God, and a rather busy one when we, when we look at all that he does. When his life is threatened by someone who has the power and the connections to actually follow through with it, he has a bit of a breakdown and he takes off. He runs away and hides in the wilderness. And then he prays to God and says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. It's one thing to fall down in exhaustion and feeling overwhelmed. But Elijah asks God to take his life. He asks God to die. But Elijah is already facing a death sentence by Jezebel. So why would he ask God to take his life? Maybe he believed God would, would make it painless and easy, whereas Jezebel would probably torture him and draw it out for as long as she could. She's the queen. She can do that. There's also a hint of depression in his words where he says, I am no better than my ancestors. I really think that Elijah, at least in these moments, was suffering from depression. He was overwhelmed. He was suicidal. He was spiraling. If you have ever felt like this, and I pray that you never have or never will again, you know how hopeless life can feel in those moments. Even a prophet of God, someone who has spoken to God and seen God's power firsthand, even Elijah has a breakdown. I believe one of the most important takeaways from this passage, when we look at it from this, this point of view, through this lens, is that even the most faithful can struggle and get overwhelmed and, and even begin to succumb to the challenges of depression and other mental health issues. Just because we believe in God and the good news of Jesus Christ does not mean that we are magically immune to those things that affect our mental state and our mental health. Just because we believe in grace and the love of God doesn't mean that we're still 
somehow not going to have to deal with things like depression or mental exhaustion. We're human, and that's okay. God still loves us, even if we find ourselves questioning our desire or our will to live. And I completely believe that because we see it right here in this passage. Elijah wants God to take his life. But that's not what God does. Instead, God gives Elijah rest and snacks. And God acknowledges that Elijah is overwhelmed and that that is okay and appropriate. The angel says to him, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. God loves Elijah even though he says he wants to die. God doesn't condemn him for his words or his feelings. Now, God does choose to intervene in this situation, which I assume is because he had a lot more he wanted Elijah to do, but that's only an assumption. I do not know all the plans of God, but I I feel like that would kind of make sense when we look at the larger story. Regardless, though, I think one of the most important messages here is that God always loves us. Even when we are struggling, even when we find ourselves in that deep, dark place and there doesn't seem to be any way out, God always loves us. Even when we have just had enough, when life is just too much, God always loves us. And because God loves us, I do not believe that God would condemn or abandon us when our mental health leads us to actions that cannot be undone. I think that God is pained and saddened, but only because God loves us and God wants good things for us. God wants us to to find joy. I don't think God is pained or saddened because God is angry with us. I pray that if there are people in your life who struggle with mental health issues that you will always try to be supportive and loving towards them. I hope that you would share this story of God's love for Elijah even when he struggled and asked for God to take his life. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn, which may be in dispute. So I'm going to tell you that I have on my list 550. All right, we got one. Uh, We're only going to do verses 1 through 4 of this one. So hymn number 550, 1 through 4, Christ from whom all blessings flow.
Beloved children of God, worship God alone, God of the prophets, Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Spirit of the Holy One. Do not be overcome by evil powers. Trust God who even the powers must obey. Rejoice in your salvation by loving others to the glory of God who is three, who is one. And may God feed you, Christ protect you, Spirit live in you and wash over you always with the love of God. Amen. Mm -hmm. 